In a small Wisconsin town, there is a church which is said to be haunted by a pastor with a white cap. And it's also said that the white cap lies on the altar during the night. There was a girl named Magda who wasn't afraid of anything. Her friends dared her to go to the church at night and steal the white cap from the altar. She was understandably reluctant, despite her supposed lack of fear. But it didn't take a lot of goading before she decided the risk was favorable to a loss of honor. She agreed to fetch the white cap from the church and proclaimed, perhaps a little louder than necessary, that she feared no one and nothing. At the stroke of midnight, she snuck into the church, for no one would lock a church in those days. She walked quietly up to the front of the church and hesitated but a moment before taking the white cap from the altar. She didn't even have time to turn around before hearing the voice of an old man, a rasping, dry voice, like wind in a chimney. Put it back. She turned, eyes wide and hair on end, a man in clerical vestments stood behind her. Put it back, he screamed. Terrified, she fled with cap in hand. Her friends were impressed, although they didn't quite believe her entire story. Fearful of the consequences of angering the spectral clergyman, though, she eventually sought the advice of the living pastor of that congregation, who blessed her and told her to just return the cap the following night. Well, more than a little nervous, she crept back into the church and threw the cap back onto the altar and immediately turned to run. But the ghost pastor was behind her and she ran straight into his arms and there he held her fast as he crushed the life from her. That was a good way to open it up, my man. What's up, everybody out in the hinterlands? It's your boys, Rock and Max, and it's our favorite time of the year here at Nightmares and Daydreams. It is uh, time for some ghost stories. Am I right, Max? You're right. Mm-hmm. We're here with a little bonus episode of some really good frights, some of which were sent in and some of which we gleaned from the world abroad. We curated, we found amongst the dark corners of the interwebs. But gang, uh, it is a season of frights and we really appreciate you guys spinning it with us. And uh, so Max, you're just here sitting in front of the fire, having a brewski and uh, this is what we do every year. And we hope all you folks liked our vampires episode. We know uh, a lot of you had been asking for it. So you ask, we deliver. And I think we talked earlier in the month, in the month of October, actually, when we were doing the zombies episode, we said, who would win? Mm-hmm. Well, we were specifically talking about the media war. Uh, <laughs> and we said, eventually we get to vampires yeah, and then yeah. we can throw it back to you, lovely listeners. Who wins the war? Zombies, Zombies. versus vampires. Max will put out a, uh, a poll on Facebook and you guys can just participate that way. You guys can let us know what you think. And also, guys, there's a mea culpa from us. We led you astray. We said that the Simpsons 1992 version of the Treehouse of Horror was the first incident of zombie brain eating. And in fact, I think that was my mistake. It was not. That was us, man. I share the blame. 
I should have known because I remember like Night of the Living Dead in the mid 80s when they're talking about I want your brain and I didn't even like snap. So thanks for keeping us in line, everybody. It means a lot. It means you're listening. And that's so important to us. All right, Maxie, what do you say, my man? Are we ready for the next one? Yeah. I used to drive from Austin to Palestine during the holidays and whatnot, and I'd usually take Highway 79 because it was the most direct route. Well, I'd gone up for my mom and dad's anniversary, and I was coming home late on Sunday evening because I had to work the next day. And I was about halfway, basically in the middle of nowhere. And I saw a man standing on the side of the road staring directly at my car as I drove past, his head turning as I went by, like just watching me. I didn't think too much of it until I saw him again another mile or two later. I swear it was the exact same man. Middle-aged guy, overalls, red handkerchief. Wasn't walking or next to a car or anything. He was just standing there. And he was always looking straight at me as I drove past. And I saw him again. Literally every couple of miles until I got to Taylor. Basically almost back to Austin. Now I didn't know what he was or what he was doing but I was terrified. Everyone always says I must have been sleepy or whatever, but I always drink a lot of coffee when I drive late like that, and I wasn't sleepy at all. Submitted by Barbara. Dude, that's pretty scary actually, Rock. Even though, like, whatever it was, ghost, hallucination, whatever you want to say it was, like, it didn't, I guess, specifically do anything to her. But just the fact, I mean, it obviously noticed her and was focused on her. Dude, it was messing with her. Like, it was completely and utterly messing with her. You know, I'm just glad it, you know, it doesn't seem to have been some kind of bad omen, like you said. No, not at all. But uh, it's still, I feel like that's not a positive experience, y'all. You know, it kind of reminds me, actually, in a way, just because she saw the same thing over and over. Time slip. (laughs) Well, yeah, time Glitch slip. in the matrix. Or, that's exactly what I was going to say. Totally, man. It's like, whoa, it's I like, just saw that cat. Again, <laughs> like, and again, I saw this dude. It's like, that's like the worst, most intense case of deja vu ever. Right there, you know, sure. you're like, now, I swear I just saw this just dude. Just give me a cat next time, matrix. Exactly. What was scary is that it was a grown-ass man wearing overalls <laughs> with a red handkerchief just hanging out on the side of the road. Like, that's the scariest part. <laughs> And I, I have heard some weird stuff around Taylor, man. Taylor, Texas has some uh, pretty gnarly folklore coming from that area, man. So uh, kind of not surprising. Anyway, Maxie, are uh, you ready for another chilling tale? I am. And we actually have another one right here from Texas. Represent. I was working on the lines when a lady came up to me and told me that her power was out and they were freezing in their house. And I explained, well, that was why we were there and that the power would be on soon. Oh, good, because my son went down into the basement and now I can't find him. I was like, wait, what? So I followed her with my flashlight because it was around dusk and we went back to her house, which was kind of a rundown ranch style place. She went inside and I followed right behind her, but as soon as I stepped in the door, I couldn't see her. I thought she must've gone around the corner or something. So I called out, but no answer. 
I ran back through the snow to the truck to call for help, and a neighbor, an older guy, called out to me asking me, what's going on? So I told him. He just looked at me with this blank expression and said, some people had died in that house a couple of years ago, a woman and her son, submitted by John. Man, I don't think I'm alone in this. Everybody out in the hinterlands, that's not just a no, that's a hell <laughs> no. Nah. And I blame our damn archaic grid here in Texas for that story, Maxie. That is like, what's going on with that, man? All I'm saying is, I think he's lucky he got out of the house. Dude, I honestly, I don't know about that. I feel like that if that specter wanted to do him in, like the priest in the first story, that she could have done yeah. it. I feel like she was just a restless spirit, man, like searching for her son. Sad, really. Well, I mean, that's your opinion, and you're welcome to it, even if you're wrong. <laughs> but honestly, I find it terrifying. Man's just trying to do his job. Ghosts got to be coming up, trying to abduct him into their basement. Just ain't right, Rock. I'm not saying it's not, like, scary as hell, but I just think that her, her intent... <laughs> no, you, you were saying... You were, no, I'm just saying, like, her intent was probably not like that priest. But whatever her intent was, we're glad you're okay, John, wherever you are. For sure. Stay safe. Hopefully, we won't have another winter storm like that this year. And Dude, seriously, nobody wants that. Dude, it's going to be bad if we're hit like that again. Stock up on water and supplies just in case, y'all. Never know what the hell Mother Nature is going to throw at us this year. Well, we were lucky. We only lost power for like a day. Yeah, same. Some people out there had no power for a week. Yeah, like my mom lost I can't us even for imagine. a week. And my brother yeah. as well. It was crazy. Hey, you know, it could be the karma, Maxie. We might be building up some good karma by doing the good work of telling these stories. Scary stories. <laughs> <laughs> Must be. In which case, let's build up some more karma. Tell us another one, Rock. Uh, Maxie, that's Count Rockula to you, good sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. When I first got out of college, I had a really good friend who lived next door to a house that was always up for sale. People would move out in the middle of the night without a word, and it hadn't had the same owner for more than a few months for years. One night we were hanging out, and he suggested we go explore the house since no one was living there at the time. We went around back, and he climbed through an unlocked window, and he unlocked the front door and let me in. I kind of joked with him that I thought it was a little suspicious that he was so good at breaking in. Once we were inside, though, the house was pretty average. It looked like all the rest of the houses in the neighborhood, kind of a ranch-style post-war house. Pretty much identical to my friend's house, actually, except it was empty. The house's electricity was off, but we could see because of the outside light coming in from the streetlights. So we sat down on the floor in the living room and were hanging out, talking about college and what our friends were doing now. Suddenly, my friend screamed, and at the same instant, my vision went black. But it wasn't just that I couldn't see. My whole body was engulfed in this sickly coldness from head to toe. I started screaming, and I felt my friend's hand grabbing mine and pulling me in some direction forcefully. My vision slowly came back, and I started to warm up when I realized that we were outside under the streetlight. It was December and should have been much warmer inside of that house. I looked at my friend, and he looked scared. I was totally confused and kind of panicked myself, and I asked him what the hell happened. He said that as I was talking, a black thing, this figure that was all black, 
and only had the vague shape of a girl crawled out from the hallway and sat on top of me. Apparently, I started groping around with my eyes wide open like I couldn't see, and he was so freaked out he pulled me out of the house. It was years ago now, but we still both remember in the exact same way, and it still sends chills down my spine. Now to this day, I've never felt such blackness or coldness in my life. It was palpable, almost sticky. For a couple of days afterwards, I couldn't shake this unsettling feeling, and I could never walk past that house again. Dude, just... Yeah, dude. Like, no, absolutely not. I I, completely agree. I mean, you know, and I can't blame her for never wanting to walk past that house again. uh Uh-uh, not at all. So, dude, what the hell was that thing? Was it a shadow person, demon, some unclean spirit? I wonder if it was trying to take her over, man. I mean, honestly, all those things sound very feasible. Who the hell knows? Not me. I'd feel, personally, if it were me, I'd just feel lucky to be alive. I think anybody would. I mean... Imagine if just one of them had gone exploring into that house. Yeah, we don't recommend going exploring in haunted houses, gang, without witchers or at least the buddy system. I mean, Max, you'd probably never know about it. Just, you know. Right. It'd just be another missing person. Yeah. Dude, like how many people out there go missing each year that are, hey, and I'm speaking hypothetically, but that are abducted by supernatural predators or like events. We just Yeah, there's no way we could know, actually, unfortunately. You know, I'm not really sure. I want to know if I'm being honest with myself (laughs) and everybody out in the hinterlands. Hell, missing 411 gang? Mm. I mean, even though if you think about it, it'd be maybe nice to know just how much we actually need to worry about such things, but... Nah, uh, nah. (laughs) I don't want any part of that work. (laughs) And the whole thing, too, is, hey, everybody, just don't break into haunted houses at night. You know, like you're kind of signing up for that. Just don't break into houses, period. (laughs) Also, another tip, stay out the damn woods, okay? I mean, okay, so I wish it were actually that easy, but I have a couple stories here that tell a different tale. I live in West Virginia, and the mountains near where I live have a gazillion stories of spirits and other supernatural beings. There's one mountain in particular that's this kind of cone-shaped hill covered in super thick forests, can't even walk through it, that my grandma says is full of ghosts. One story she tells is of the Huntsman, that's what she calls it. Someone walking through these woods in the evening saw him as a man in green clothing who was measuring the size of a tree with his measuring stick. When the person addressed him, the huntsman vanished and the wind roared terribly in the forest. Another story she tells me is that when she was a little girl, she and a friend were in the woods gathering leaves and a woman emerged from between the trees who was all dressed up as if she was going to church or something very nice clothes. As she approached, Grandma's friend greeted her and asked, well, where are you coming from? But when she was walking past, the woman mutely turned her head toward them. They screamed because to their horror, they saw no face, only what looked like a maggot or larva. But when they screamed, the woman vanished. The wind suddenly picked up and lightning and thunder started lighting up the sky and booming through the trees. She said they ran all the way home. See y'all, 
just stay out the damn woods like I tell you. <laughs> For real. <laughs> you know, but honestly, gang, it sounds like those were maybe some nature spirits, like straight up gods of the Blue Mountains, man. Reminds you of Hearn the Hunter from England, you know? Yeah, honestly, I was thinking the same thing, that they're not quite yeah. ghosts. I mean, who knows? But like... They did seem, especially their effect on the weather, seemed more like a nature spirit thing. So, or, or elementals of some have called them, perhaps. I mean, I will say, though, that the larva thing... Made... Yeah, dude, that's terrifying. Dude, like, nobody... Sorry to interrupt you, Maxie, but no one wants part of giant bugs, all right? <laughs> well, Am I right? <laughs> what I was thinking, actually, was that it makes me think of the Lemuris, which are the Roman spirits of the dead, and the Latin word Lemuris actually means larvae. Lemuris, they were said to be like wandering vengeful spirits of those who nope. hadn't been afforded proper burial or funeral rites. That's a thing. And yeah, so like they had a festival called Lemuria, which is in the middle of May. And the head of the household would get up in the middle of the night and, you know, being sure to keep his gaze averted because he didn't want to like catch, you know, the gaze of these spirits, of course. of course, but he'd throw black beans out of the house into the darkness and that would supposedly at least symbolically appease their hunger. Yeah, they're probably pissed because he was throwing beans at them. Like, who the hell wants that action right there? But guys, <laughs> listen, <laughs> that's why you gots to keep your ancestors' pictures on the ofrenda, y'all. Plus, the idea of having ancestors as protector spirits is kind of rad. Exactly. You know, that's what Coco learned the hard way, right? Uh-huh, yeah, those Pixar movies again, right? With the important <laughs> messages. It's one of my favorite ones. <laughs> so the second one, actually, the one with the larval woman, I mean, based on, you know, the Roman myth, guess it could have been a restless spirit, a restless dead instead of I mean, a nature spirit. Yeah. But I still think... Maybe. The nature spirit thing. Yeah, it's just the whole bug face thing kind of throws you off, you know. But like we said, it's a, it's a thing. And we've talked about this in our Slavic spirits episode and in the Witcher episode as well. You know, it's important that people are laid to rest properly. That's the way phantoms are made, y'all. You know, so <laughs> got to be laid to rest with a decent funeral. But also, Maxie, the manner of their death, you know, shifting gears, that might cause them to come back as well, like violent death or something like that. that I believe that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Like, for example, in the Tower of London, I think that's why it's so full of ghosts. Oh, yeah. Because there's so many tragic deaths, beheadings, executions, torture, you know. The two little princes, so sad. Oh, yeah. And dude, you were Horrible. just there, my man. You better yep. have nothing to attach yourself to. You better sage yourself down. <laughs> I hope you have some down, Palo Rock. Santo. <laughs> Don't jinx me. I'm clean, so... Were you leading this down this road for a reason, story-wise? Yeah, yeah, I was kind of, I was story-wise. You know me so well. And, you know, speaking of roads. Uh-oh. Phantom hitchhiker? Not quite. Okay, well, don't keep us waiting. Let's do this. One year I went to my high school reunion. I flew into the nearest airport and rented a car. And the distance was about 35 miles through a very rural and mostly abandoned part of the country. About three miles outside of town, I see someone on the side of the road flagging me down. It turned out that this was one of the guys I had attended school with, Dave. And uh, Dave got in the car and we started talking. And I had not seen him in 20 years, but he still looked the same, maybe a little older. We get to town and I ask him if he wants to come to the VFW and have a drink. He says, nah, just take me home. Dave's parents had lived only a few blocks from my grandmother's house, and I turned in that direction, but he said to take him to the outskirts of town, 
It was a mobile home park out there, and I figured that's where he lived. When we reached the end of the turn off the road, he said, just drop me here. It was good to see you again. And then he walks off into the night. So I go to the VFW, meet some of my old classmates, and we start to talk. And as we're talking about who is coming to the reunion, I mentioned that I had just picked Dave up three miles east of town and had dropped him off. Everyone gets quiet. Even the guy singing karaoke stops and lays down the mic. My cousin goes white as a new t-shirt. Jenny, Dave died on that curb eight years ago, rolled his car. We were all at his funeral. I started to feel really dizzy and I went out to the car to get some air. There on the seat is the local newspaper printed eight years previous containing Dave's obituary. I still have that paper. Dude. That would be so crazy to me. Like I could totally see myself second guessing, even though I know the person had literally been sitting right next to me. I would start questioning myself. Like, was I sleepy? Did I imagine it? Totally, man. But you know, it also, it sounds like this evening was not necessarily the middle of the night. I mean, she was just going to the reunion. So it's not like she was exhausted or anything. So I doubt like that was a factor. No, yeah, I know that for sure, but I'm just saying it would freak me out so much that my rational mind would be trying to come up with excuses. Yeah, it would freak everybody out, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you just wouldn't want to have a breakdown, man. And, you know, but you literally just had a ghost riding along with you in your own car. Phantom hitchhikers are a thing, gang. But, Maxie, the big question is this, dude. Where in the hell did that newspaper come from? Does Ghost Dave just roll around with the local paper of his clippings in his in a back pocket? I mean, does he have like his death paper there and just, you know, leaves it in every car? I mean, that's a really good question, actually. Yeah. I'm not sure how I'd feel about keeping that paper, but maybe he just wants people to remember him, you know? Where does he stash his papers? I just, I feel like <laughs> that paper's probably worth some money. Maybe have some ectoplasm on it or some such. It's not... Bag a- of holding, you know? Sad, man. So all this said, at least... I mean, I guess he was a friendly ghost, right? Yeah, I mean, a friend ghost, right? And he wasn't (laughs) Casper. He wasn't just friendly, but he was an actual friend. I think that just makes it sadder, though, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends how good a friend he was, but... That's true, true. So what else we got? I think we have time for uno mas, am I right? So how about a curveball? Curveball. You talking about baseball, Maxie? (laughs) (laughs) You're hilarious, right? But you know that's not what I mean. All right, my man, what you got for us? When I lived in South Texas, our town always had tons of owls. But there was one in particular that people sometimes saw that was huge. There was nothing else like it in the area. Now my brother grew fruit in the area. He had a small farm. He went through a period in the early 2000s when he frequently had troubles with fruit theft. Like whole trees emptied of fruit overnight. So he was watching over the garden at night at the time. And one night at midnight, the large owl arrived and flew into the direction where he was hiding and waiting for the thief to show up. So the owl just sat down on one of his trees and started to hoot. He was kind of freaked out, so he shot at it with his shotgun. But to his horror, it didn't seem to hurt the owl, which just became larger and larger. Terrified now, he shot again, but again, the owl became larger and larger. Apparently, he lost consciousness then. 
His kids found him lying in that spot the next morning, and he died a few weeks later. Some people say the owl was the lady who lived at one of the big ranches outside of town, but I don't know. All right, gang, now that's tragic. And, uh, you know, we love us some Lechuza stories there. And that is a straight Lechuza story if I have ever heard one. There are tons of tales of people like firing at them, like shooting their guns at them, and then like literally dying not soon after. So here's my big question. What do we think? Was the rich rancher lady actually a bruja, a witch? I mean, she could have been a witch, but more than likely she hired a bruja to go and, you know, yeah. steal all of his crops and whatnot. And yeah, that's the thing, man. But, you know, like I say, Maxie, where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, not so much smoke in this case, just gossip, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, where there's gossip, <laughs> there's fire. <laughs> now, that's how witch hunts get started, Rock. My bad. <laughs> For the record, lovely listeners, we do not recommend witch hunts. Nope. We love witches. Well, honestly, it kind of depends what kind of witches we're talking about, Maxie. I mean, I guess so. Like, not black magic, uh-uh. poison your livestock, eat nope. your children, witches. Nope. We love the Wiccans. We love the New Age witches, though. Yes. Empowered and supernaturally powered women or men, supposed to. Warlocks. Supernaturally powered people of all kinds, we are cool with you guys as long as you got the hearts of gold. Yep, yep. The Kikis and the Hermines of the witching world. We love you guys. <laughs> if you bring baked goods, we especially love you. Mm-hmm. We love Kiki. We love Hermione. Yep. Two of my favorite witches. You know, Maxie, but fact, all the best witches are played by Eva Green. That's 100% true. Eva Green is the witch queen of actors. Mm-hmm. I think we all know that. She is. She's played all the greatest witches. But I think we've kind of veered into a whole new episode here. True, Maxie. We've already done a witch episode, my man. I mean, hey, there's a lot of witch lore, though. I think we could do another one. You ain't lying. More than likely, perhaps another day, though. Party people, you guys want us to do another witch episode? Let us know. Yep, yep. For sure. I think that's it, folks. Maxie, I think for once in your life, you ain't lying, my man. (laughs) Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. Yep. Don't forget to head on over to Patreon. Also, get that extra content. It's just waiting for you. There's a link in the episode description. Please make sure to join us on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that. Also, uh, head on over to buymeacoffee.com to support your boys. And don't forget to tell your friends and family about the show, guys. Please do. We know you love us. Mm -hmm. We love you. And we want to love your friends and family, too. Max does. Tell them it's (laughs) (laughs) it's the absolute best way to get us out there. Leave us the five-star review, as Rock calls it, the absolute boon. Also, guys, lest you forget the best bard in the business, Teresa Joy is responsible for our production and music in our pod. She's kind of awesome. Find and follow her at Vilebright on Facebook and Instagram. We have some fun stuff coming up for fall and, of course, Christmas, and we'd really like you to be there with us. So, ladies and gentlemen, as always, be good to each other and... Sweet dreams, sweet dreams, sweet dreams, sweet dreams, sweet dreams.